Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Genesis chapter number 43. I'll try to be mindful of you. Genesis 43 tonight in verse number 8 starting. Bible says in Judah said unto Israel or Jacob if you will his father send the lad and the lad that he's making reference to here is Benjamin. Send the lad with me and we will arise and go that we may live and not die, both we and thou and also our little ones. Judah says, I will be surety for him, Benjamin. Of my hand shalt thou require him if I bring him not unto thee, set him before thee, then let me bear the blame forever. For a little while tonight, I want to minister this subject with the help of the Lord. When Judah speaks up. When Judah speaks up. All right? Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer one more time. If you'd help me as we pray that God would just touch us here this evening by his word. Father, God, I need you tonight. God, bring all things, Lord Jesus, together as you would have them, desire them, and want them. God, that there might be a message of solitary truth. God, that could somehow be conveyed, Lord, from this pulpit tonight, God, to those that have come to the house of the Lord. I pray, O oh Lord Jesus, bolster our faith, Lord God, by your word. Encourage us, Master God, by your word. Let it, God, put a second breath in us, God, for the race that is still yet to be run before us. And I'll thank you and I'll praise you tonight in the lovely name of Christ. Jesus' name that I pray. Amen and amen. Shake hands with two or three before you're seated this evening. In one way or some type of different aspect in life during different series of times, this thing that we call praise has fell under this eye of scrutiny at times. Even within the church, uh, people uh, largely misunderstand it. Most of them having never participated in it falls on hard times. Sometimes people are very uh, scrutinizing the praise. They uh, wonder why a person elevates their voice the way that they do in order to give accolades and extol the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, even through the different venues by which we praise the Lord. Others at times have criticized a person's shout, uh, their means of praise unto God. I'm not talking about a shout with their mouth, but a shout in some type of physical activity, a dance, others might call it, with their bodies. The Old Testament, though, spoke to us uh, through the word of the Lord concerning the Israelites he said that whenever you come to the feast and you come to Jerusalem he said don't come before me empty-handed come with something that is within your hands some type of sacrifice it was speaking about 
in that day, whether it be a bullock or whether it be a lamb or a goat, whatever it may be, don't come before the Lord empty-handed. Come with some token of how good God has been to you. Come with some token of indication about the goodness of your God and the graciousness of your God. We do not find something dissimilar to that in New Testament Scripture. The Bible speaks to us, although uh, the day of sacrifice to a degree of a literal bullock or a literal lamb or he go had passed the Bible speaks to us in Hebrews 13 that we are to offer a sacrifice of praise unto God continually that is the fruit of our lips and give thanks to his name and so just as they were not to come before the Lord empty-handed then neither are we to come empty-handed now, though we don't have a ram or a bullock, the sacrifice that we come with now is a sacrifice of praise, if you will, the fruit of our lips. And so when I enter into this place called the sanctuary, the house of the Lord, I need not, should not come empty. I should come with a praise on my lips, a dance in my feet, a voice, amen, that gives and sings the praises, a token, if you will, an indication about how good God has been to me because I do declare tonight I'm looking at a good group of people that God has been awfully good, amen, to the people that stand in or sitting even before me tonight. There's some that he's healed their bodies, he saved their loved ones, he had kept hand of protection upon us and so every time I come to the house of the Lord, there's nothing wrong with praising him in this service what I praised him for last service, indicating again how good and wonderful God has been to me. The Bible speaks in scripture of a woman by the name of Leah who is married uh, to this man, Jacob. The Bible speaks that she was not barren as her counterpart, Rachel, was. And as a result of it, she has given birth to child after child. She has child number one, number two, number three. She came to the fourth child and she said, now I will praise the Lord. And she called that child's name Judah. And so for eons of time, we have associated Judah with praise and about praise and we have preached sermons concerning his name meaning praise and so tonight I want to look at another story in Genesis if you will concerning this man concerning this babe that was born of Leah whose name meant now I will praise the Lord his name meaning praise when we read in the scripture we know very well that out of all the sons that were born unto Jacob that Joseph was the favored one of his father. Joseph was the one that had dreamed the dreams and had shared those with his brethren. He had been given the coat of many colors as we've been taught in our Sunday school classes from his daddy indicating the favor that was given unto him. And the Bible understands and tells us that the rest of his brothers knew very well that he was the favored son. They knew very well that he was the one that father loved more than all of the brethren. And as a result of that, they hated Joseph. 
for the favor and the love that he had from his father. And the Bible tells us that Joseph dreamed a dream. If you'll allow me to walk through a little bit of the story here tonight. That Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it to his brethren. And it just to add insult to injury, if they didn't already hated him, they hated him the more. The moment that he shared his dream with his brothers, they hated him then because they he shared his dream. You know, there's some people you can't find the good side of. And so they, they, they just hated him then. They hate him because he's favored, hating him because of his dream. He told them how he seen uh, there were sheaves that were bound and that his sheep arose and stood upright among all the other. And these other sheaves came together he said your sheaves he said come and stood around about and made obeyance unto my sheep they they bowed down to my sheep and if that wasn't bad enough for them to hate Joseph the Bible says he had another dream and in the next dream now Joseph is dreaming a dream and uh, he I don't know if he's getting a kick out of this or not but he tells his brothers of this other dream that he has and he says I've seen the sun and the moon and the 11 stars and they made obeyance to me and they're bowing down again to Joseph and his brothers hear this and, and they're upset they're hating him for this his father is a little bit appalled by what's said his brothers are envying him for this but the Bible finally says that his dad just just observes the sayings and see what's happened to Joseph if you don't realize before it started with sheaves but if you let a dream live what begins as sheaves it grew to months stars and moon and sun his dream grew his dream become bigger than what it formerly was. So if you allow a dream to live, don't let it be smothered out. Don't let it die somewhere. It's going to grow in intensity, in largeness, and in greatness. And Joseph's dream was growing. And, and he grew with this dream. And they understood that the dream had grew according to the interpretation of it. And they hated him for his dream. And one day, is the story okay? One day his brothers were out and they were tending to the flocks in a certain area and his daddy said unto Joseph he said I want you to go and check on your brothers make sure that everything is well with them he gave even some provision that he would take out to his brothers and he goes to that location and evidently they weren't there and Joseph had the appearance as one that was kind of wandering around until a mess, man asked him well, what are you doing what are you looking for well I'm looking for my brothers they're supposed to be out here tending to the flock if you can tell me where they are he he says yes he said they said they were going over in Dothan and so the Bible says that Joseph then heads in that direction this favored man this man that is a dreamer he's spoken of being a dreamer and the Bible says that whenever his brethren seen him afar off even before he came near that they begin to conspire against himself about slaying this favored one slaying the dreamer even the Bible says that one said to another, Behold, the dreamer cometh. Amen. The dreamer cometh. And some are giving verbiage that, you know what we should do to the dreamer? Because if we can get a hold of the dreamer, we can get a hold of the dream. This is what we should do to the dreamer. We should slay the dreamer. We should kill him. We should do away with him. And as they are discussing the possibility of killing the dreamer and then as a result of that killing the dream, 
they say one among themselves concerning all this until one of them, I don't know if he rose his hand, he lifted his voice, but the Bible says Reuben hollered out. And he says, guys, I really don't think we should kill Joseph. I don't think we should kill the dreamer, but let's just cast him into a pit. Let's cast the dreamer into the pit and put Joseph into a pit. I don't think there should be any bloodshed. I don't think we want that on our hands, but let's just put him in the pit. Now, if there's anything you know about Reuben, throughout Scripture, Reuben is classified by his own father. He's unstable as water. And what that means is sometimes you can depend on Reuben and sometimes you can't. Sometimes Reuben goes left and sometimes Reuben goes right. And so I hear in my own personal mind, I see Reuben saying, let's not slay him now. Let's just cast him into a pit. That that was a pretty good answer for Reuben that day. Who's to say that tomorrow Reuben, as unstable and undependable as he was, who's to say that Tomorrow he wouldn't decide, you know what, boys, why don't we just go on and slay him? Why don't we just go on and do away with him? Well, not not satisfied satisfied that he should be restrained or contained to a pit. The Bible says there came a company along of Ishmaelites, and the Bible says in verse 26 of Genesis 37, and Judah said, someone say Amen. Judah raises his voice and he speaks to the brethren and he says, what profit is it that we slay our brother and conceal his blood? We contain the dream, but why don't we just release the dream? Someone say amen. Just release the dream. If I can say tonight, point number one in our sermon this evening is this, is that praise has a way of releasing the dreams in your life. That whenever Reuben lifted his voice, he said, let's contain it. Some of the others were saying, let's kill it. But Judah spoke up with a boisterous voice and said, hey, boys, let's release the dreamer. Oh, someone hear me today. There's some of you that's got some dreams and aspirations, things of promises even spoken in your life. Perhaps they are on the verge of death or if you take them to a place of quarantine and isolation, you need to find the praise in your spirit because praise has a way of releasing the dreams in your life. There's something about whenever you find that place of praise that the things you thought were not possible seem to be possible again. The things that seem like, man, I'll never get there. I'll never accomplish that. I'll never go there. Whenever you get in the spirit of praise, honey, you can climb the highest mountain. You can fight the greatest foe because praise releases the dreams in our life. Someone say amen. I'm moving very quickly to really point number three if I can get there. So Judah says, let's release Joseph. Let's release the dream. And as a result of these things, there was something that took place. We understand he was sold, and then he sold to Potiphar. We understand he served in that place until he was falsely accused and went to prison. I know there's a big story through all this. We know he went to prison, was in prison, interpreted the dreams of the baker baker and the butler, but was forgotten for two years after they were let out and remained there. And then Pharaoh had some dreams and finally he was remembered. 
And now we see Joseph go to that place and interpret the dreams of Pharaoh, telling him how there would be seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine. And you're going to find yourself, you need to find yourself a noble man, somebody that you can set charge over this stuff, put that person in place. And Pharaoh's standing there thinking, I can't think of anybody better than the man that is standing right before me. And so as the scripture would go during the days of plenty, Joseph is keeping everything, all the granaries, he's being very very diligent amen about what's handed out what's allocated what's saved back because he knows seven years of famine is coming and so he's doing that and at the end of seven years of famine amen comes or at the end of years seven years of plenty comes seven years of famine and the bible tells us in genesis 41 verses 55 through 57 the bible tells us very plainly it was during that period of time that there were people from egypt and people from all of the nations around because this famine was not just not just upon Egypt but all the countries that were around that they were all coming to Egypt and the people cried unto Pharaoh during this seven year period of famine and whenever they came to Pharaoh Pharaoh says go to Joseph Go to Joseph because he's been saving all this back during the time of plenty. The whole earth is in famine. Egypt came there. All the countries came to Joseph. And the Bible says it was Joseph that opened up all the storehouses for these people that were hungry and famished during a time of need. And the next chapter says that Joseph's daddy, Jacob, says send 10 of his sons and says boys I want you to go down to Egypt there's corn in Egypt there's provision in Egypt but folks the reason why there was provision in Egypt is because Joseph was in Egypt and the reason why Joseph was in Egypt is because Judah said release the drink Oh, someone listen to me right now. What are you saying? I'm saying whenever Judah and all those boys became hungry and they needed provision for their life. Praise. Back when? Praise. In a moment of conflict. In a moment of conflict, praise was ensuring some provision for praise's future. All the way back here, whenever there wasn't no famine, when everything was well, when there was plenty of food, praise made a decision in a moment of conflict that was going to ensure a meal on the table for the future. Can I tell somebody tonight that what you do in the middle of some of your conflicts, the praise that you give, the adoration you could give, may be providing something for you in the near future when you're in want, when you are in need, but it's what are you going to do at the moment? So would say amen. Jacob, all those boys are going to eat that night because praise did something in a moment of conflict that only the future would see sustained in provision for him in the future. I'm confident, Brother Mason, that there's been times that I praise the Lord that there hasn't been instant gratification. There's been times I praise God when I didn't feel like praise God. There's times that I praise God whenever my circumstances and surroundings were dictating anything but 
praising the Lord. But little did I understand the principle of God's word that praising him in that hardship, praising him in that difficult time, praising him in that moment of conflict. God says, I see down the road when you're going to need provision. If you'll praise me right now in the conflict, praise me right now in the difficulty, I'll provide, I'll provide, I'll provide when there's nowhere else for it to come from, when there's no other venue, when there's no other avenue. What you're doing right now is opening up the storehouse for you later. Praise did that. Judah did that. That's what happens when Judah speaks up. Someone say amen. And when I get to my scripture setting, the boys had already been one time for provision. Joseph takes advantage of it. His dream comes back to him. This is happening right before his eyes. He claims that they're spies. Ask them about their father. Ask them about the rest of their family. They tell him of Benjamin, who was not with them on the first trip. Joseph holds Simon, Simeon instead here, sends the boys home after a few days. They go home. They realize that the money that they had left for the food was in their sack's mouth. They got basically the food for nothing. Maybe it was an oversight. But they are able to be sustained for a period of time on the food. That's there because Joseph was there because Judah spoke up. <laughs> but after that dwindles away, they're going to have to make another trip back to Joseph, back to Egypt. And dad, they tell Jacob, this ruler said, they don't know this is their brother at this time. This ruler said, don't come back before my face unless Benjamin your youngest son that you told, your youngest brother that you told me about, unless he is with you. Now, Benjamin is the last boy of Jacob. He's the youngest. His name means son of my right hand. He's the son of strength. He's the son of power. Because here in the latter years of, of Jacob's life, he gave birth to a son. He was all of Jacob's last strength that he had and powers embolized by that boy. He didn't want anything to happen to Benjamin because by all matters in his mind, something had already happened to the other child of Rachel, Joseph. To Jacob, Joseph was dead. To Jacob, Joseph wasn't around. And he didn't want to lose the other son of that beloved Rachel that he loved and he adored. And so he's reluctant to send Benjamin with the rest of the boys back to Egypt, back to this Joseph that they didn't know was Joseph because he says if Benjamin doesn't come back home, that's going to bring down my gray hairs. If Benjamin don't come back home, my life is bound in his life. If he doesn't come back home, I might as well be a dead man. If something happens to him, some type of cruelty, some type of punishment, even death itself, he said, I will not be able to bear what's going on if that happens. If he goes, he must come back. And the Bible tells us then, and I'm going to dance around just a little bit, maybe literally and figuratively, hallelujah. The Bible tells us just then in verse 8 that I read in your hearing of Genesis chapter 43 that G Judah is speaking up now. 
Judah said unto Israel, his father, he said, send the lad with me. In verse 9, he tells his daddy, I will be surety for him. I'll be surety. Everybody say surety. I'll be surety for him. In other words, Judah made a pledge. Usually whenever we see the word surety, and a lot of times it's used in a financial type of context and setting. It's to make something a pledge to secure something against default. Uh, one who contracts to assume the debts, the debts of another in the event of a default, usually financial. But here in the Old Testament, a surety is a little bit more significant than a financial pledge. Judah, for example, is telling, telling his dad, he said, I pledge to be surety for Benjamin. In other words, I'll take responsibility for Benjamin's life and anything goes ill anything goes bad I'll bear the blame I'll bear the responsibility because I'm telling you to send Benjamin with me now what you got to realize prior to this Jacob is weighing all of this out this is a very critical decision for him to make prior to Judah speaking up Reuben has spoken up and Reuben has told his dad, I'll be responsible for Benjamin. Folks, the last person you want one of your kids to be, re <laughs> the last person you want to be responsible for one of your children is someone that's unstable as water. If you want to see them go and see them come, don't put them in the hands of somebody that is unstable as water. They'll give you a pledge one day and turn around and drop that pledge the next day. And that is what Reuben was saying. Amen. He also, he also, he told him, he says, listen here. And you got to remember, whenever we think of Reuben, he's the one that first said, hey, let's just put the dreamer in the pit too. And now he's saying, hey, I'll be responsible for Benjamin. Don't worry about it. Amen. You can't depend on somebody like that. Amen. Amen. He's easily influenced. If the money's right, if the words are just right, he'll change his mind in an instant. You can't depend upon the Rubens in life. In the height of the moment, he'll make a commitment and allegiances, and later he won't be able to keep them. That's just the way that Reuben is. And Jacob, his father then, knowing Reuben and the character of Reuben, he tells Reuben, he says, my son Benjamin, that, 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 that thinks that's the, the son of my right hand, he's my strength, he's my power, he shall not go down with you. I was a parent I'd said the same thing let me tell you something Reuben I know you're the firstborn and you're part of my family but you're, my other boy's not going with you maybe some of you had children like that growing up you didn't want them to go with a certain kid of your family I don't know he said but I can't listen here's what he said this is my power this is my strength my life is bound up in his life I can't trust you I can't entrust you with my power I can't entrust my power and my strength with something that's unstable. He will not go down with you. My power and my strength cannot walk with this thing that is unstable. Hallelujah. But then Judah raises his voice. Praise raises his voice. And he says, Dad, send the lad with me. He says, I'll be surety for him. I'll be responsible for him. In other words, Dad, if you're going to if you're going to have this power go anywhere, send power with praise. Dad, praise will be responsible for power. Praise will be.
will be responsible for power and strength. Someone say amen. And so Jacob feels all right. He has a few other instructions, but he lets power go with praise. Praise says, I'm responsible for power. If power shows up, it's because I was there. Because power's with me, with praise. Someone hold on here. Wait a minute. Hold my mules, the old song used to say. In Genesis 44, we read that these people, these boys have once again come before Joseph. He's being hard on them. He's telling them, listen here. He says, Benjamin is going to have to stay here. You didn't have Simeon back, but Benjamin, power, strength, has to stay right here. And Judah speaks up. He says, sir, you don't understand. It would break my daddy's heart if we didn't return home with power and strength. It'd break my daddy's heart. It, it would cause him to go to an early grave if we didn't come back home with power and strength. And for that matter, sir, before I ever left dad, I told him power could go with me. Before I ever left dad, I told him I would be responsible, that he could entrust power to me. And as he's going along in this little dissertation in verse number 32 of chapter 44, this is his cry unto Joseph. He says, for thy servant became surety. I became responsible for the lad unto my father, saying, listen now, if I bring him not unto thee, then I shall bear the blame to my father forever. Look at verse 33. Now! Therefore, I pray thee, let thy servant, let Judah, let praise abide instead of the lad, a bondman to my Lord, and let the lad go up with his brethren. Honey, that broke Joseph. He cried. He was remorseful. He knew something had happened right there in that moment because Judah was saying, if you're going to bind up power, you're going to have to bind up praise. If you're going to bind up strength, you're going to have to bind up praise because power came with praise. Hallelujah, power. Strength came. In other words, you don't get power without getting praise. And the only way you get praise is because, the only way you get power and strength is because praise was there. So would say amen. Praise was saying, I'm responsible for power. Praise was saying, I'm responsible for strength. If I don't bring back power to dad, then I'm to blame because power's with me. Power is with praise. Honey, there was something for forever formally bonded in a natural sense that elevated to a spiritual sense in this story. And since that time forward, we see acts throughout Scripture that, honey, whenever praise is there, there's something that doesn't stand there by itself. But there's power and there's strength there as well. Someone say, as well. Someone shout, hallelujah. 
but you're doing all right. The Bible tells us in the Bible, hallelujah, in 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 22, that there came, or just chapter 20 rather, there came a time that Jehoshaphat is feeling his adversary. He is feeling the enemy come strong upon him in the measure of the Moabites, the Ammonites. They're coming against Jehoshaphat to battle. Some are telling him there's a great multitude that is coming against you, Jehoshaphat. And he feared. The Bible says he sought the Lord. The Bible says that he fasted unto God. And the Bible says Judah gathered themselves together to ask of help from the Lord. And the Bible states very plainly as Jehoshaphat, listen to me clearly here tonight, as Jehoshaphat is praying to God, he said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Jehoshaphat saying, Lord, you have all the power. You have all the strength. You have, does not all of that belong to you? It wasn't a question he was really wanting to answer from God on. He knew the answer. It was rhetorical. He knew he had all power. He had all strength. He had all honor. And the Bible says that the Lord told him through a prophet, listen here, Jehoshaphat, this battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. And the Bible says whenever they went up that day, they did not have any instruments of war in their hands but the Bible says that Judah gathered together and they went out with their appointed singers and this was their admonition that they should go forth singers and that they should praise the beauty of holiness in verse 21 and that they went forth and said with an army praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever what's going on I tell you what's going on praise is going forth but praise doesn't go without power Jehoshaphat, are you the mighty? Are you the powerful? Yes. Well, you know how to get that active in any circumstance, active in any battle, active in any problem. Just go on and praise because you can't praise without power and strength coming along. And the Bible says, as they said, singing praises to the beauty of his holiness and saying praises unto God that his mercy endured forever. The Bible said the Lord set ambushments against the children of Hammon and Moses and all those what happened somebody praised and power showed up to do the battle to do the fighting to do the warfare something happens when Judah speaks up Praise can't be self-conscious. David dancing before the Lord with all his might as the Ark of the Covenant was brought back to Jerusalem. Praise can't be self-conscious. Or he'll catch the eyes of the Michaels that's sitting in the window and stop praising. Can't be self-conscious. It can't be self-conscious. Someone say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Can't be self-conscious because if it was, 
It would keep every sinner woman with an alabaster box on the outside of the room where Jesus is, never daring to go in and break a box and pour oil on the master. Praise cannot be self-conscious. There's just something about it. Bishop has taught us this all our lives. Of Psalms 22 and 3. It says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. He said for years, has he not? Amen. Whenever you praise God, God lives on the avenue of praise. God will show up. And when God shows up, his power shows up. His strength shows up. His ability shows up. His miracles show up. His deliverance show up. Whatever you have need of shows up. Honey, but somebody's got to let Judah speak up somebody gotta let Judah speak up release the dream provide provision for the future and somebody let power be executed in your dilemma let Judah speak up stand with me if you will I'll come to a close Pray says, I'm surety for power. I'm surety for strength. I'm responsible. Praise is responsible for power. Wow. Wow. You tell me how many times that you've involved yourself in unadulterated praise and left here and said, well, I didn't feel the power. Praise is responsible. Amen. The reason why an aspect of our prayer should be praise. Praise brings the power. It's responsible for the power. Uh-huh. And the bishop, he takes the point and says, Boy, prayer was really good in the, in the pre-service prayer tonight. And boy, haven't we experienced something around here. Praise in our prayer is responsible for the power in our service. Uh huh. Paul and Silas shackled in the jailhouse in Acts 16. They prayed and sang praises. And when they did that, Judah spoke up and said, I don't go anywhere unless the lad Benjamin is with me. And so if praise is in the jailhouse, power's in the jailhouse. If praise is in the jailhouse, strength is in the jailhouse. And all of a sudden there is a quaking and the doors of the foundation of the jail were even moved and all the doors swung open and there's a great deliverance. There's a great demonstration of power. Why? Because praise is responsible for power. That's what happens when Judah speaks up. But Judah has to speak up to release the dream when nobody else is with a vote for his idea. Somebody hear me right now. 
praise has to, Judah has to speak up whenever he's not the majority. It didn't take 10 brothers to release the dream. It only took Judah lifting his voice. Hallelujah. It didn't take 10 boys doing that in order to secure provision for their family in the future. It just took one man, Judah, praise, lifting his voice that provided provision for the future. There's no other boy, not even Reuben, that could say they were responsible for power. But praise could walk the rest of his days and say, I'm surety for him. I'm responsible for him. If you got him, you got me. Because we are inseparable. If our musicians would come here tonight. Hallelujah. Listen to me, folks. We do ourselves a grand disservice if we're going to render to the hands of the unstable the power and the strength. You better render it into the hands of something that can be dependable. Listen, and here is the stream of deducement now. If Reuben was unstable and Jacob said, Benjamin's not going down with you, more than likely because he was unstable. He says, but he can go with Judah. Listen to me. That's because Jacob must have thought that Judah was dependable, if I may praise. Lo and behold, I don't want to re-record scripture and make praise undependable. Whenever Father Jacob, through the dependency of the Spirit of the Lord, said praise is dependable, and I can send my power and strength with praise. I can depend on it. Let me back up here for a moment. You know why God could depend so much on praise? Because praise is attitude. Praise is a line of getting adoration usually to God for what he's done for us and God knows already how good he's been to us and that there's never any space of time in our life that we could be without it because he's been too good to us and if it's a result of his goodness then it's pretty dependable because his goodness is dependable what he's done for us is dependable and so our praise should meet the measure of the de dependability of his goodness our praise should meet that dependability and as a result release dreams provision for the future power and strength someone say amen Praise is not allocated just for Sunday morning. It's good for Sunday night. It is. It is. It's fine for Wednesday. It is. Listen, I don't want to get in the mentality, well, let's have church Sunday morning and let's come Sunday night just to get through. So I've mentioned before and I'm just, my heart is, sometimes I believe that's our approach to Sunday night. So tonight, people come in here more depressed, more down, more tired, whatever it is. Seriously. 
come in here and we just push through prayer and push you. It's like, man, if he can just get done. We could probably wrap this up in less than an hour and a half. Let me tell you something. The breath he put in my body this morning isn't any less good than the breath he's put in my body tonight. I just wish we'd just, God, I wish we would see something. I, I, you know, we heard the preacher preach, Brother Cunningham, man, we need demonstration. Yeah, we need power. We need strength. It comes with praise. It, it, I mean, it's like getting a car with tires on it. You know, it just comes with it. it just, whenever you get praise, you get the power. Uh-huh. That's the reason why whenever I've seen people come up here that may be sick in their body, honey, they start praising God and they're no longer sick. I've seen people, I've seen, you know, people come up and come up with braces on their feet. They start praising the Lord, the braces off their feet. Texas Camp was a good example of that, man. She basically shouted almost that brace off her foot. Her deliver the power of the healing, the miraculous happened through her praise. I've seen people that didn't have the Holy Ghost come forth. They go, oh, God, help me, give me the Holy Ghost. They come forth, they praise, they worship, and all of a sudden, before they knew it, they were speaking in unknown tongues. The power came with the praise. See, people come in depressed, their eyes down, their faces down, their lips down. Amen. All the world is against them, looked at them, spit on them, laughed at them. But they lifted up their voice, lifted their hands, start to praise. And the power hit them and they had a smile as big as Texas whenever they left this building. Because the power. Judah spoke up. Judah spoke up. Well, in the last minutes of here tonight, I wish someone would just allow in your spirit for Judah to speak up because there's some dreams in incarceration that need to be let go. There are some provisions for tomorrow that's going to be prepared for right now in your praise. There are going to be some power and strength that needs to be exemplified in your life that's going to be in length, in cahoots, if you will, with the praise that we render forth right now. If you'll lift your hands all across this place and say, God, make me a Judah help me God to speak up when it's not popular help my praise to belt forth God when I don't feel about, feel good whenever I don't feel like doing it let praise speak up God when the odds are against me let praise speak up God when I'm the minority help me to praise oh let's seek after the Lord right now say sing and play thank you for listening if you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.